Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 368. Of estates and manor houses belonging to aristocracy and wealthy merchants. Also present were the attendant number of tailors, liveries, theaters, and brothels necessary to provide for the needs of the upper class. The stark cliff of white stone looked as if it had been thrust skyward to give the nobility a better view of the countryside. As it wandered off to the northeast and south, it lost height and stature, but where it bisected Severin, it was 200 feet tall and steep as a garden wall. In the center of the city, a wide peninsula of cliff jutted out from the sheer. Perched on this outthrust piece of cliff was Mare Alvarin's estate. Its pale stone walls were visible from anywhere in the city below. The effect was daunting, as if the mare's ancestral home was peering down on you. Seeing it without a coin in my pocket or a decent set of clothes on my back was rather intimidating. I'd planned to take Threep's letter straight to the mare, despite my disheveled state. But looking up at the tall stone walls, I realized I probably wouldn't be let through the front door. I looked like a filthy beggar. I had fewer resources and even fewer options to choose from. With the exception of Ambrose, some miles to the south in his father's barony, I didn't know a single soul in all of Vintus. I've begged before, and I've stolen, but only when I've had no other options available to me. They are dangerous occupations, and only a complete fool attempts them in an unfamiliar city, let alone an entirely new country. Here in Vintus, I didn't even know what laws I might be breaking. So I gritted my teeth and took the only option available to me. I wandered barefoot through the cobblestone streets of Severin Low until I found a pawn shop in one of the better parts of the city. I stood across the street for the better part of an hour, watching the people come and go, trying to think of some better option. But I simply didn't have one. So I removed Thrape's letter and Nina's painting from the secret compartment in my loot case, crossed the street, and pawned my loot and case for eight silver nobles and a span note. If you've lived the sort of easy life that's never taken you to the pawners, let me explain. The note was a receipt of sorts, and with it I could buy my loot back for the same amount of money so long as I did it within eleven days. On the twelfth day, it became the property of the pawnbroker who would undoubtedly turn around and sell it for ten times that amount. Back on the street, I hefted the coins. They seemed thin and insubstantial compared to Shaldish currency or the heavy Commonwealth pennies I was familiar with, Still, money spends the same the world round, and several nobles bought me a fine suit of clothes of the sort a gentleman might wear, along with the end of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. I gotta say, I love uh, whenever you're in a fantasy novel and the hero arrives at a new city, and then you just get a couple of paragraphs that are explaining to you what the city is like. You know, the geography of it, the history of it, the like the different neighborhoods. I love that shit. It's catnip to me. So this is this is working for me real well. Back when I was doing a lot of D&D stuff, I would always draw very detailed maps of every city and include every neighborhood and and river and bridge. I love that shit. I love looking at like maps of fake places. I had a note on the happenstance on this page where he's he's pawning his loot and the case and Almost less than the loot, the case feels like a big thing to pawn. Maybe just because we, maybe because it was on the pages more recently, but maybe it's because Denna gave it to him. I don't know. The loot case seems like a bigger thing to lose right now than the loot. 
I agree. I think it's because, for one thing, Denna gave it to him. For another thing, we just learned that it saved his life. And also, we've been told that it's it's more precious, literally, in, in monetary in a monetary sense, than the loot itself. It's it's very, very nice. And the sense I have is that seven nobles is a pittance. We don't really know how much a noble is compared to... Uh, oh, my God. Talents. Talents. We don't really know how much a noble is compared to a talent, but I think that the intention here is to immediately ratchet up the stakes. Rothfuss does this often. It's interesting, actually, how often Rothfuss returns to poverty as a means of communicating the desperation of a character and the dire circumstances. And it's, I don't know, I think you could you could certainly read this story with, uh, say, a progressive eye and uh, consider it to be a critique of a society that that preys on the desperate. Not necessarily a society that preys on the desperate, but like a critique of, of living in poverty, of like being completely passed over by every system uh, and how how much of a trap it is. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it is also just a very effective way because we identify with Quoth, we identify with the things he's afraid of. And I think that a big thing that runs through these books is he is in some sense afraid of turning back into the wretched little goblin he was in Tarbine. And we've talked before about how he's like a traumatized person. And that's one of the things in his life that traumatized him. And so any instance where he's like just scraping by financially by the skin of his teeth is cause for tension, especially since he's had such a run of good fortune lately, you know, inventing the thing, his money troubles have been over for a little bit and now they're back again. But I feel like he gets the loot case back. Am I going crazy? Okay. No, he does. His quest is to get to the mayor, say, "Hey, I'm the guy you were look you were asking Thrape to find you. I need to borrow so I need you to advance me some money so I can get the stuff back that I hawked, you know, to get in here to see you." Indeed. I suppose an intellectual reader who reads many of these kinds of books would probably see that coming because he specifically mentions the ticket is a thing you can use to get it back within however many days. And that just wouldn't be mentioned at all if it wasn't a possibility that he would get it back. Yeah, well, as we so as we talked about, I think, off the air last week, this is how pawn shops traditionally were. This is the business model. The idea behind a pawn shop is you, you get a loan, basically, for something for way less than it's worth because you're in desperate straits and you have the option to buy it back within a certain amount of time, uh, plus interest, of course. Uh, and then when you fail to come up with the interest, the pawnbroker keeps it and can then resell it at a much higher price. That's the business model of, of pawn shops. I see. And of course, the span note serves two functions. A, it provides us with a ticking clock. Quoth has 11 days to get his one-of-a-kind loot case and his loot, his sole means of making an income right now, uh, back. And also, it serves to inform us that a span is 11 days, if we did not know that already. Right. That makes sense. Cool. Uh, shall Sounds we read a letter? This is from our friend RJ, writing as Natalia Lackless, who writes on Master of Pettiness. Beloved ones, on page 346, uh, and Al running up the tab, I agree with Jordana's question of why Kvoth offered to buy Dal a drink somewhere nice. This seems a bit nonsensical for a guy who's normally telling us how broke he is. However, Dal knows full well Quoth is broke and chooses to take him up on lunch and a drink and a bougie cheese plate. 
This is either Dal forgetting that this kid was too broke for tuition a year ago, or him subtly paying him back for the trouble Quoth caused him and the university with the trial. Quoth glossed over it, but this was a huge thing for the university and no doubt caused Dal and the other masters endless headaches. Manet says just pages later that he can't remember the last time an Arcanist was brought up on concertation charges. It's possibly also damaged the Arcanist's precious reputations in town. Plus, Dal is about to give Quoth some advice to get the hell out of town so his tuition doesn't skyrocket. Advice that is saving the kid a number of talents, sort of. To me, this seems like Dal calculating the price of his time and effort to be worth one lunch special, one cheese plate, and a nice glass of wine. I'm sure he's thinking that if Quoth wants to be worth the trouble, he better be good for a nice meal. Yes, I realize this is kind of unfair to Quoth as the trial was not his fault. It is, however, quite humorous to me and I choose to believe this is just Dal being petty. And sometimes pettiness is fun. Also, beats are yucky. Love and Thunder, signed RJ. Fine points all, RJ. If that is what Dahl is doing, then he is being an extremely petty person. Just terrible. I mean, we don't know much about his personality. He might just be a petty person. And that's terrible. That's what I'm getting at, you guys. This is why I love this because this this supports my Dallas lawful <laughs> evil theory. Uh, and that There's is- a big difference between lawful evil like Doctor Doom and just a petty bitch. Like that, that's a that's a big leap to make. Jer- Jeremy, just because you're lawful evil doesn't mean you have to behave like Doctor Doom. There's a range of behaviors inside lawful evilness, uh, and one of them might be applying a social moray in a way to subtly punish somebody who has been a bit of a bother to you. All, all I'm saying is, yes, this is a bit petty. Uh, and as Jordana says, we don't know a ton about Dal's character aside from what uh, he and Quoth have discussed, mostly in a professional context. I really wouldn't be surprised if when the time comes to vote among the masters, we realize that Dal is the deciding vote where Quoth thinks he can count on him and he actually turfs him out. I think that that's kind of what's happening with Dal, where we're kind of being set up to think that he's an ally of Quoth's, but at best he is ambivalent, and at worst he's actively working against him. I love this. RJ, you're on my team. I just think that Dal's not that important to character, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that, but I think that, you know, I think that way back when we charted the Masters, putting him in lawful evil was the right thing to do. I think that paying attention to him at all is the wrong thing to do. <laughs> well, Jeremy, <laughs> why pay attention to anything, Yes, Jeremy? yes, thank you. That's what I've been saying all along. <laughs> paying attention to things is a brain poison. You should just let the thing wash Jeremy, over if- you like the ocean. <laughs> if you're not making a Pepe Sylvia yarn wall, you're not doing it right. Hmm. However, uh, RJ, I do agree with you 1,000% that beats are bad. They are bads, not beats. They're bad. Beats are great. You suck. Not RJ, just Jeremy. Mm. I disagree with RJ fundamentally about beats. However, just Jeremy. <laughs> it depends how they're prepared. A nice, a nice salty borscht with some whipped cream or sour cream on top. You can't beat it. Yes, if you, fundal- if you fundamentally like alter its its composition then it is good by cooking it that's what cooking is jeremy if you make it it not a beet then it's good no beets are still beets after they're cooked no they're borscht have you ever had a sugar beet you know they get sweet right beets are like if the only beets you're eating are the raw beets jeremy you're doing it wrong why would i want to eat like a sweet root 
Have you ever had like brown sugar carrots? Like that's a sweet, a sweet fruit. Yeah, potato. That's, that's no, disgusting. it's delicious. You're wrong. Have you ever had a sweet potato? Not, not crazy about them. A pumpkin pie? Not crazy about that. I mean, pumpkin is not a root. Uh, I forgot who we're talking to. We're talking to the guy who hates all it's good true. things. And listeners, I'll hate you on tomorrow's page. <laughs> um, <laughs> <the> <laughs>